So we've been uh, going through a series called Therefore. This idea of um, when you see this phrase used in scripture to ask the question, I wonder what that's there for. Uh, because it's an important thing. If, if there's a therefore statement, we need to pay attention to that. And there are various therefore statements in the New Testament, and we're looking at a few of them over the course of the month. Um, and this one is, uh, is another one. And these help us to point to biblical truths to let us know and, and help us in terms of what we do, how we do it, to get a better understanding of what's really important in our walk with Jesus. And today is no different. And as we talked about last week, knowing God's will for our life, as we looked at that idea of knowing God's will for our life, relates to this week as well, but taking that idea and then implementing it. This idea of life has only just begun um, is, is something that we, I think we think about that maybe when we're young, when we're students, when we're, when we're kids a little bit. And we're looking for what is that next thing. We're waiting for our life to begin, right? I'm, I, I remember being, you know, being in high school where I can't wait to graduate so my life can begin. You know, that, like that kind of mentality. Um, planning for what will be, what, what we will do, all those kinds of things. What's significant about my life? What's significant about what I'm doing right here, right now? What's, what's my purpose? And when does that purpose happen? We looked at some of those aspects last week, but... We're going to kind of push that a little bit this week now, too, because unfortunately, that mentality doesn't go away. It doesn't go away necessarily as we get older as much as we would like to think that it does. We just hide it better. Um, one of the most important aspects of the Christian life, though, is knowing and understanding that our life has only just begun. And it really is the truth. Our life has only just begun. Uh, and Paul's letter to the church in Corinth he, he wrote a couple of letters. And this specific one that we're going to look at today, it focuses on, on calling the church uh, to live out the transformed lives that we have in Christ um, as, as a body and looking forward uh, to what's coming. And we must do the same. We, we have to be willing to look at our current situations, at, at, at what's going on with our life, and with a solid focus, though, on God's uh, God's, God's work within it and, and what is to come. And at the same time, with kind of this side glance of anticipation of eternity and understanding that idea. Because eternity is coming without notice. And so I'd argue that for us to truly get the idea and understand the idea that life with Jesus has just begun, we need to accept the truth about death. Because death is a necessity. And that's a thing that I think we need to, while, while it may be hard to read, hard to hear, death is a necessity, but it's, it's the way we think about death that is the key here. It's, it's something that we all deal with because all of us are sinners and all of us will die. But as followers of Jesus, you know, if we really understand the purpose of death, if we understand that the hope for the future, the realities of this life, um, this life in Jesus and in the next, our perspective shifts. So if you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. Yeah, this again, right? But because of the eternal realities, when we understand them, we set our mentality with an eternal focus. This becomes so true 
in this area of our life. So it, it sets our actions and our reactions in light of eternity. So, okay, so we're going to die, and um, we're going to be with Jesus forever, so let's just kind of throw caution to the wind, right? And some of the stuff that I really think matters doesn't really matter, um, and it won't really last, so who cares? Well, no, <laughs> but kind of yes, but mostly no. Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, and the idea of eternity is really what we're going to look at. The idea of eternity is, is kind of hard to process in a lot of ways. Um, and one of the reasons that that's hard to process is because we have finite minds. If you don't know what a finite mind is, as opposed to an infinite mind, meaning that to you and to me, because we have a finite mind, everything has to have a beginning and has to have an end. If I looked at you and said, this cup has always been here and always will be, you're like, you're nuts. That's not true, and it's not, but that is exactly the truth with God, and that's really hard to understand because everything has to have a beginning and has to have an end for us, for it to truly make sense. And so just one more reason why his ways are higher than our ways, and we will never fully have the understanding of God until we're with him one day, and we're going to get into that here in just a minute. And so that's one reason because it makes it tough with our finite minds. But number two is that we tend to fixate on the past. <coughs> Excuse me. We tend to fixate on the past and, and how that impacts our present situation. But, but it's difficult to put our minds around the idea of the future, let alone a future with no end, uh, you know, no present, no past. That's really hard to understand. And Paul wants us to understand that the future promise that we have as believers in every facet is, is there for us in scripture. But there's some things we just don't understand and there's some questions that we have. And so he begins kind of with answering a question that you may or may not have heard before or you may or may not have asked before. I've heard versions of, of this question from kids, um, which is the idea of what will our bodies be like? What will it be like? I'm sure you've had kids ask you questions about eternity and, and things like that. And you're like, you know, they're really good at asking those kinds of questions that stump you. Um, and I'm sure some of you that worked in VBS this week, you heard some of those kinds of questions. Um, so Paul attempts to show that our, our present bodies, they're not made for eternity. So let's read this here together. 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to be verses 50 through 58. Those are the, those are the verses we're going to be looking at today. Um, here's what he says. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. So there's some really cool stuff here. Some interesting things to look at. Our present bodies, these bodies of flesh and blood now, cannot move into the kingdom, into the kingdom of God, because they're not designed for heaven. This, this body, your, your body, it's not designed for heaven. It's not designed for eternity. It's, and that is what death is all about. So when we talk about death being a necessity, this is why. 
you know, like a crusty brown flower bulb or, you know, a seed that comes from a dying plant, that, that, that has to happen for, for life to spring forward. And death, meaning death uh, to us physically, yes, but more importantly, death to our, to our sin and our sinful nature, because these bodies are sinful, and these bodies are corrupt through and through. And for most... For most, it will be a physical death because we die because of sin. That is, that is why we die. And so when we say death, and we think about that, what you're thinking about with death is, is what all of us are, most, mostly all of us, we think, are going to have to experience. But not all of us, as it says. Because when Jesus returns, what about, what about us that are here? What about those that are living? What about those that are alive in that moment? Well, Paul talks about that. God tells us that. He tells us exactly what that's going to look like because the physical death is what's for most of us. But for the believer, when we leave our earthly vessel, right, moving into our new bodies, exchanging the crusty brown flower bulb for the creations of beauty, that's going to be an incredible thing. But there's an interesting exception here that Paul talks about for those that are still alive and are here when Jesus returns and when Jesus comes back that the transformation into our glorified bodies may not require the same physical death for everybody and this is the first reference that we have to the hope of the rapture of the church now notice I want you to notice this isn't the second coming of Jesus that's a that's a different thing Right? But instead, this is the moment when Jesus actually takes the church out of this world, and it's a transformation and, and a bringing up of all Christians that are, that are dead or alive, and it says we will meet Jesus uh, in the air, in the clouds. And so Paul says that rather than dying, rather than dying, some will be changed. It says in the twinkling of an eye when the trumpet sounds. He explains that a little bit more. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So this is encouraging because understanding that, that Jesus is coming back and some of those kinds of things, there would be a little bit of a loophole there if it was like, well, what about all the people who were alive in that time? But God kind of fills that loophole here with all of that um, in, in answering these questions. So the Lord himself is going to come down from heaven and the dead in Christ shall rise first, as it says, and then those that are alive will meet him in the clouds and be changed immediately without going through the death process at all. And then after that, the events of the seven-year Great Tribulation uh, begin. And, and now we could get off topic here for a second um, and get off point, And we could talk about prophecy and the future glory of God and, and all of that stuff. And we will at some point. But this, this is not what this is about today. Because as much as I love talking about that stuff, because it's interesting, um, that's, that's not the point. That's not the reason I'm, I'm getting into that. And that's actually not the point that this is in Scripture here as well. 
The point is to, for us to be encouraged because what's important is that all Christians, all believers, we hold in common that Christ is going to ultimately return bodily, visibly, and gloriously to reign and rule with his resurrected and transformed saints, you and me, who have put our faith in Jesus. And we, we will rule with him forever and ever. And that's an awesome thing. That's an exciting thing. And, and that should be encouraging. And looking at our world right now, looking at our world right now, we are closer than ever to that day. Amen. We are closer than ever to that day. So, so be encouraged. Instead of looking at this world and cursing the darkness, let's be encouraged and let's live for him in, in these times and in this moment. And that is what we're going to get into here a little bit more. Because listen, for the believer, the sting of death is gone. The sting of death is gone. And why can we say that? Because we will all be transformed. We will all be transformed. We will be changed from one thing to another. From one thing to another. And this is the ultimate Christian secret to the fountain of youth. It's, it's not the easiest to, easiest to explain. It's not the easiest to understand. Um, but it's just true. Paul, uh, he doesn't explain a whole lot about it. And I don't really think he could necessarily. First century Jerusalem, not totally understanding all of this stuff. It's, it, it is true, though. And so he, he does his best, but he only tells us what we need to know, not all of the other ins and outs maybe that we think we should know. See, John could only explain so much in the book of Revelation. Some of the stuff that he's trying to explain, he's never seen some of the stuff that, that he's seeing in his, in his vision of the future. But it's going to happen, and God is going to make it happen. And it's going to happen at some point in human history because not all of us uh, who have died when Jesus returns, there, there will not, not everybody will have died when Jesus returns because there will still be people living on this earth. But both the dead and the living, those who, who have died and, and are in Christ, will be transformed and, and raised up and meet Jesus in the clouds. And that's a cool, cool thing. So, Although I am able to presently be who I am, right? And, and, and I know that someday I'll be much more and I'll be transformed. That's an incredible thing. That's an encouraging thing. And so someday I'm gonna bear the image of Christ and so are you in a body that's custom made for the heavenly realm. And that's, that's an awesome thing. So let's keep reading. In light of all that, let's keep reading here. It says then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's quoting Isaiah and Hosea here at the end. And, uh, and, and he says that death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up in victory, and we know that because of the truth of God's word. And so instead of mourning other believers in the way in which maybe we see other people mourning, those who have died, we can grieve with hope. As believers, we can grieve with hope if we understand the big picture of eternity that we read here. We can grieve with hope and we can be confident in the victory that we have over sin because of Jesus and the eternal destiny that we know that we're going to have, that followers of Jesus have, and we have it right in front of us. 
So that should really inform us and encourage us and, and push us forward. Especially understanding what Jesus did for you and for me. Let me put it this way. I'll tell this story. Dan, could you bring me down just a little bit? I'm getting feedback up here, uh, usually right when I'm in front of my table. Um, there was a little girl, and she was uh, with her dad on a picnic. And this bee was buzzing all around. Now, she's deathly allergic to bees. And so she's freaking out. Daddy, there's a bee, there's a bee, there's a bee. And this bee's flying around. And, and, and the dad reaches up and grabs the bee, holds it in his hand. He just holds it in his hand for a minute. And then he lets it go. And the little girl's freaking out because the bee still jumps out and starts buzzing all around, all around. Dad, why did you let the bee go? Daddy, why did you let the bee go? Instead of explaining it to her, he just shows her his hand that has the stinger embedded right in the palm of his hand. This is exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. He absorbed the sting of our sin. He knew that he could take it and he did it willingly. He did it willingly for you and for me. And as believers, our, our number one task really is to trust in the work of Jesus, his truth, his power, the power of his resurrection and the promise he has to us and to share that. We should put all of our hope for all that we have and all that we do in Jesus and his resurrection power. His resurrection is proof, is proof that his work was more than enough. It was more than enough. And one day, one day it's gonna be complete. It's gonna be complete in us as we pass from death to life. So let's bring this all back around. Let's bring this full circle here to where we started in light of eternity. In light of understanding your eternal destiny and your eternal destination, are you just waiting for your life to begin? Are you just waiting for your life to begin? Because if you are, let me sum up what we just read and how it applies to all of us here and now. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. It doesn't start then. Your life with Jesus starts the moment that you put your trust in him and the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and you are transformed from the inside and one day will be transformed on the outside. Your life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And if it is true that it, God is going to transform this present world, and it is, and that he's going to renew ourselves, our bodies included, and it is, it's true, then what we do in this present time in this moment with our bodies and in our world matters. It matters. Look at how Paul wraps it into the therefore because he says all of that and then here's the therefore statement that brings it all in, in focus. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 
Your labor for the Lord is not in vain. I don't think there's anybody that was here this past week that would say that was a waste of my time at VBS. Not one person. I don't care if all you did was serve a cupcake or you ran a sweeper or you did maybe the littlest minute thing. You blew up a water balloon. Guess what? Six kids gave their life to Jesus. Worth it. Worth every penny. Worth every moment. Worth all the sleep that we didn't get. (laughs) Every bit of energy, time, and effort put into it. So therefore, stand firm. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Always doing as much of the work of the Lord as you can. Because we know that death is defeated. We know that we have an eternal, resurrected destiny with Jesus Christ. And we should stand firm and unshakable all the more for him right here and right now. We should work hard in everything that we do for him now. Working for the Lord now because everything you do for Jesus matters. Everything you do for Jesus matters. I don't care what it is. Even even if your labor is in vain to others, even if the things that, that you're doing for the Lord are discounted by people who don't appreciate it and don't care and think that you wasted your time, listen, your labor is not in vain for the Lord. It doesn't matter if you get the praise. doesn't matter if you get the encouragement. Sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. But his resurrection, because of his resurrection and therefore your eventual resurrection, means that your labor is not in vain for the Lord, that everything you do for Jesus right now matters. In light of eternity, in light of our eternal destination, the eternal promise of the transformation of our glorified bodies, it should change how you look at everything that you do. It should change your perspective on all that you do, all that you do as a follower of Christ, because right now, right now counts forever. Right now counts forever, and that's the connection point. The connection point for the day is therefore, right now, right now counts forever. Nothing is a waste, because in light of eternity, all that we do matters, because we have that encouragement, we have that hope of eternal life, And there's a world around us that needs to know that. There are people in your circle. There are people that you talk to, that you come around every day, that you have the opportunity to be Jesus to that maybe no one else does. That God put you in their path just for that moment, just for that time. Right now counts forever. We shouldn't take lightly those moments because right now counts forever. Nothing is a waste And no other opinions matter other than God's, by the way. God's opinion matters most. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that a little more often, that God's opinion matters most. We care way too much about what other people think, about what God is calling us to do or not do. God's opinion matters most. And the things that he values are these kinds of things. And these are the things that we should value as followers of him because it's not a waste. And I love how Paul actually starts 1 Corinthians 15. I'm actually gonna go back here in just a second because before he gets to all this at the end, he actually sets it all up with this statement when he says in verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. This is a waste if Christ has not been raised. And your faith is useless. It's all a waste. Well, you know what? It's not a waste because We know that he has been raised. 
we know that Jesus is alive. We stand on that promise. We stand on that truth. And we know that we can bank on the promise of eternity because of his resurrection power, not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything that he has done. Therefore, our faith is not useless. Therefore, everything that we do for Jesus is worth it. Therefore, right now counts forever. Will you bow your heads with me? I know some of us needed to be encouraged today when we came in. I know, I know that's the same for me. I've said before, I've never preached a message I didn't need to hear myself, and today was no exception. God knew what you were going through this week and what you were going to need to hear when you walked into this place today. And I'm grateful that you're here. I'm thankful that you turned on the live stream, and I hope that you won't discount this moment and this time that you're here because not only does right now count forever, but you're not here listening by accident. God knew you needed to hear this today. Are, are you going to listen and respond? Because right now counts forever. What you do for the Lord counts forever. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if maybe the, the hope that, that you have has been in so many other things, I hope that you're encouraged today in light of what eternity is going to be because one day this body, this corrupted sinful body that's, that's not able to be in heaven, that's not able to be in eternity with, with Jesus is, is gonna be transformed. And those that are followers of Jesus, we will have glorified bodies that, can, that, that are prepared for eternity. And I hope that each and every one of you under the sound of my voice knows for sure that they're gonna be with him in heaven one day. And if you're not sure, if maybe you're like, boy, I don't know if that promise is for me, can I tell you that it, that it is and it can be and it, and, it, and it will be? If you're willing to repent, if you're willing to, to say that, you know, trying it on your own hasn't been working and, then, and to put your trust in his resurrection power, not in anything that you've done, you can know for sure before you leave today. And if you want to talk to somebody, we've got people in yellow lanyards that would love to pray with you. You can come find me. You can find somebody at the orange wall. You can talk to Pastor Trav or Pastor Justin or Pastor Randy. We would love to pray with you and show you how you can know that your life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the promise and the truth of your word. God, I'm so grateful that you've shown us what you have shown us, what you know that we can handle in terms of information. But Lord, the, the encouragement that we have knowing that our life with you starts now and lasts forever. God, this life is just a blip in the grand scheme of things. And so for us to, to take advantage of it and to do what you've called us to do, Lord, you've given us a higher calling and a higher purpose as your followers to share the good news of Jesus with a world that needs it so badly. You're coming back so soon, Lord. I'm thankful that I'm ready. I pray that everyone here is ready. Lord, help us to really put our focus into what really matters, and that is what we do for you. God, if, again, if there is one here that doesn't know you, I pray today would be the day. And Lord, for the rest of us, help us to, to remember, well, for all of us, that right now, what we do right now for you counts 
forever. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name.